Nothing's been hotter in the past year than the companies owned by ARK Invest and the flagship ETF ARK-K, which has more than doubled the NASDAQ over the past 52 weeks. It's been a favorite with huge flows behind it, but report out from Morningstar today has a neutral rating on the fund and points out a very cautionary tone. Let's bring in the analyst behind it. Joining us, Robbie Greengold joins us from Morningstar. Robbie, great to have you here. So this is a very interesting report. Uh, I want to dive right into it. You've got Pretty harsh words here for a fund that many have come to know and love and have gotten big gains behind it. You say that its loan portfolio manager, Kathy Wood, an inexperienced team and lacks risk controls, make it ill-prepared to grapple with a major plot twist. So I want to get into some of the details, but first tell me, what's the plot twist? What do you mean by that part? The plot twist could be any number of things. Uh, we, we live in a dy dynamic market. And the risks here, I mean, this is a high, high return, high risk portfolio, and ARC embraces that. And they've been upfront about that as well. Kathy Wood has said on several occasions that it's a volatile strategy. And they make, you know, they make no promise to be a diversified portfolio. This is a thematic, uh, a thematic strategy, and this is what they do. They sh shoot for high returns of at least 15% annualized for each of their stocks over the next five years, and that's a that's a high hurdle. So, of course, with with high returns, the, the portfolio is going to be saddled with high risks. And uh, what what we what we would what we're concerned about is the f the firm being unable to grapple with uncertainty in the future and th the future has become more uncertain over the past just 12 months the the AUM of the firm has uh, has just has just exploded it was uh, i think it was uh, under under 12 billion uh, just about a year ago and now it's at about 80 billion uh, as of the end of last month and that's tremendous growth that the that the firm has has had to grapple with. It's it's, it's uncharted territory for them, and it it doesn't have uh, it, it, it doesn't have risk controls in place to at least shackle the portfolio to uh, to a certain set of risk exposures that they would be comfortable managing within. And, and and essentially, it's become problematic, especially as the portfolio, the, the the flagship portfolio, but also just across the across the firm, the firm's concentration of assets in in small stocks has made its its ownership in individual companies pretty big. And mm. how that how the firm is is grappling with that, it it's just seemed pretty vague. And just at a more general level, just portfolio construction and risk mitigation efforts, we haven't seen that in a very mm. formal or, uh, or robust way. Now, the thing is down quite a bit from its highs. Obviously, we've had a pretty big pullback. Uh, this uh, fund, of course, has moved pretty closely with Tesla, one of uh, the, the big early calls that they've gotten right on this. So we're down 22% roughly off the highs right now. But at one point, we were down 30%. That's a pretty big pullback. And a lot of it happened over the course of two and a half weeks or three weeks. I mean, it doesn't seem like anything really blew up from a mechanical standpoint. Was that not a sufficient test to see if there would be 
you know, triggers that then are set off in a, a sell-off? Because it sounds like what you're saying basically is because of their concentration and their ownership in some of the smaller companies, that a deep slide in those, if they try to sell, would, you know, beget more selling and, and create price discrepancies given their role in it. But we did just drop 30% in the thing and over the course of, let me get it right, about three weeks. True. It's it's true. I mean, there the past the past couple of months have been uh, have been, let's say, among Arc's worst of the past eighteen months. But it it hasn't really experienced a downside scenario such as you know rapid redemptions that would that would essentially force it to sell some of these names and we we're, we're not we're not expecting this to blow up i i think just at a more uh mundane day-to-day -day, on a day-to-day on a -day level its execution is made more difficult by the fact that it can't build positions or exit them very quickly as an etf it's fully transparent it is disclosing its, its portfolio on a daily basis people are watching they're thousands of eyeballs watching this and the market is reacting to those trades so so the, the they're having you know they're just a more difficult time being nimble around these positions and trading is is very important to how kathy wood executes her process and so it's just made it's made their jobs much more difficult and they can't invest in the the micro and small caps that they have in the past perhaps you know they find Great, greater opportunities around the world, uh, larger cap companies they, they think hold a lot of promise, but it's just become, become a challenge for them. Now, thinking about uh, events or scenarios, uh, when you think about risks, one of the scenarios you're describing here, at extreme outflows, if that were to happen, we did get a pretty uh, bad couple of sessions for outflows as it was getting hit, but then we saw inflows right behind it and we saw that money came right back in. So I guess maybe it's your point here, we haven't really tested a sustained outflow period, but is there also, uh, in your analysis, is it a company uh, or a fund that is more beta to a market overall? Is that part of the criticism that you are just basically kind of levering up on themes um, that when they do turn, that the alpha is not really there? I mean, do you view this as uh, evidence from a stock picking standpoint that they have a particular skill set that's been demonstrated or is it more just having kind of the highest beta assets within an uptrending market overall well we are we're agnostic about the style of a given strategy if if a if a strategy can show that it, it has merit over a long, essentially multi-year time horizon over a full market cycle or longer, then I think that that is enough uh, to be worthy of investment. And and so, you know, to, to, to just point out some positives, I, I think that the the theme that ARC is focused on here, I, I think that that does have uh, that does have longevity. It has potential for longevity, and they've been they've been thoughtful about how they how they've developed their products, and they have uh, kept their focus on these five innovation platforms of, of artificial intelligence, blockchain, DNA sequencing, uh, robotics, and energy storage. Mm -hmm. So, so this is what they do, and and I, and I applaud them for for sticking to their knitting there. Uh, and and you know just to give give one other po positive is that they their their products are cost competitive with their actively managed rivals.
Okay. Now, uh, and I know that in the report, you're not necessarily saying that you have some view on where these themes are going in terms of price for the stocks. You basically just have a neutral rating on the fund. But the uh, case also includes a criticism of the uh, analysts there. You point out that some do not have a traditional analyst background, a sell-side style uh, background. I'll say I've run the numbers before, and following sell-side analysts is not exactly the most rewarding thing, historically speaking. I mean, I know people will push back on the report from this, saying they like to see people who have a more kind of core interest in the themes as opposed to being number crunchers that are getting pressure to say buy or sell for whatever reason. Walk me through why you think that's a negative. Oh, I don't. Not at all. And I, I think that there's, I, I think there's plenty of research that shows that bringing a, uh, bringing, bringing together people with a, uh, with diverse backgrounds, cognitive diversity, that can make for a, for decision making that is, more creative, more innovative, and so that is that, that, that's certainly not the the basis of our uh, of our sure. You do say their their experience seems limited, though, in terms of their analyst team. Sure. Yeah. We're, we're, what we're what we're thinking about is this team relative to other investment teams, including specialized investment teams such as uh, such such as those that invest heavily in healthcare. There are uh, there are many firms out there whose healthcare teams are m much more experienced. They have uh, they have credentials that are relevant to the very technically complex. Uh, companies that ARC is investing in. ARC is, is, is investing in uh, genomics companies. Uh, it, it, it's, it's very specialized, and they're not the only ones that do this. And in fact, the other firms that we see doing this, they have on staff, for first they have they have a deeper staff. They have people covering, you know, not just not just genomics and, and immunotherapy companies, but they have, uh, you know, they have biotech analysts, pharma analysts, they, they cover all of healthcare, and these analysts show more experience, both both from a traditional analyst background. They have the equity research and, and analysis skills, but they also have more work experience. They also have medical doctors on staff and other and and, and other individuals with advanced degrees in, for example, neuroscience and uh, and biology. And and so those sure. those are really those just put Arc at a at a diminished level. But but again, hmm. our our view on people overall is is average. We don't okay. we don't take a negative view. Kathy Wood herself is very experienced. Yeah, Robbie. Last one, just to come back to the core point here is, what type of event would cause you to rethink, especially the part about the liquidity issues and what you see as potential risk in their concentration? Is it a sell-off that is deep and you look at the bid-ask spreads that are happening in the trades or the prices of, that they're getting for their block trades or whatever it may be? I mean, what could happen to where you say, okay, you know what, actually, this thing does mechanically function even in these small cap companies? Well, if we see them, if we see their execution matching what they've done in the past, this you know, active trading that they that they've done, that Kathy Wood has done, uh, both since her founding of the firm in 2014, and also prior to that at uh, at Alliance Bernstein, if we see that they they have brought down uh, their 
their exposure to these small and micro caps that have have become hard to sell. If they are manage, man, showing that they manage that in a thoughtful thoughtful way, and if they also show that they are they're thinking more about the aggregate port, portfolio risks, not just not just at the stock level, which seems to be their focus. Hmm. It's important for any portfolio manager, even one that is as high octane as 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 this one. It's important that they understand their risk exposures and how to mit mitigate them. There, there's, there's no such thing as just throwing, uh, th throwing the idea that risk control is 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 important. You can't just throw that out the window. It's, it's always important, even for those high high return, high risk managers. Sounds like, to some degree, this is a very detailed and a thorough way to say past performance is not indicative of future results. To some degree. Okay. All right, Robbie. Thanks for making the case here. Uh, certainly going to ruffle some feathers, uh, but appreciate you walking us through it. Uh, Robbie Green Gold joining us from Morningstar.